I wish you a healthy, fit, strong body. I wish you a healthy, fit, strong body. I wish you a healthy, fit, strong body. Every day of the year, not just one day, not just for your birthday, not just for Valentine's Day, not just when you need to look good in your summer clothes, but wouldn't it be awesome to have a healthy, fit, strong body for the rest of your life? And if you could put that gift in a special box and give it to yourself and or in a special box and give it to other people for Christmas, birthday, anniversary gifts, uh, could that be the ultimate gift? Well, here's a very negative question coming from a very positive lady. Is it possible that if you give exercise as a gift, so if you buy somebody a gift voucher to the gym, to a boot camp, uh, give them personal training for Christmas, uh, buy them some kind of exercise piece of equipment for their birthday, that it could actually be the worst gift you give them. And that's a really interesting question coming from me as an exercise professional and somebody who is an educator and educates people all over the world on how to be healthy, fit and strong. But one of the challenges we have is that exercise as people know it uh, is often the worst gift you can give them because they don't want to do it. And in their defence, is it possible that the exercise that we often give people or talk about or give information about is stuff that either doesn't work or it's too long, too hard, too boring and people don't want to do it because it doesn't fit in with their lifestyle. So if you're going to give the gift of a healthy, fit, strong body to yourself and or you want the people in your life to be healthy, fit and strong, are there some really serious things to consider? Because the positive side of being healthy, fit and strong is not just I'll be healthy, I'll be fit and I'll be strong. But what does that actually mean? And I get very excited about this and I share it on a regular basis. Imagine having a healthy brain that you are pumping full of antidepressant neurotransmitters every day because you're fit and strong. So your brain's really healthy. You can think clearly, you can be more creative, you can overcome challenges, you're a solution finder, you're a happy, positive person because your brain is healthy. What does your brain control? Imagine having a central nervous system and an endocrine system, hormonal system, that fires up the rest of your body. So you've got a strong immune system, you've got a strong digestive system, your muscles and bones are strong, your heart and lungs are strong, you've got self-confidence, self-esteem, and a self, uh, self-produced, self happy, healthy body because you're fit and strong. Now, they're all the benefits of this amazing thing called being fit, being healthy, being strong. But most people think they have to do exercise to get fit and strong. And exercise comes in all different shapes and forms. And for most people, exercise is something that they don't want to do. Uh, what are we going to do about that? So this is a very personal question from, from me at a very important time of the year. Because if it is Christmas or New Year or birthday or a, a decision-making time in your year... A lot of people decide, you might be deciding that this is my time. I'm going to get fit. I'm going to get strong. I'm going to be healthy. And now we have to choose, or you may be choosing, or as an exercise professional, you may be helping people choose the best way for them to get healthy, fit, and strong. And could there be some ways that are damaging and will actually hurt people in the long term and stop them from exercising? And the three words that I always use are this. The exercise that we do to get us fit and strong, does it actually get us fit? Does it actually make us stronger? Is it safe so it doesn't hurt us? Because obviously if we get hurt or injured, we can't do anything. 
Uh, is it fast because the number one excuse that people use for not being healthy, fit and strong is they don't have time? And then does it actually work? Is it effective? So safe, fast and effective, I think are really important words. And then if you're going to analyze any exercise program, whether it's at the gym, in the park, uh, on social media, it comes from an exercise professional, a boot camp instructor, a yoga instructor, a Pilates instructor, an exercise physiologist, your sporting coach. How do we know that that is a good, safe exercise? How do we actually know that? And people share with me fairly regularly. I chose a social media guru on TikTok or Facebook or whatever platform you're using because they look good. I want to look like that, so I chose that program. Or my footy coach or my netball coach, they're really good at what they do, so I believe them, so I'm going to do that program. Or I went to the doctor and the doctor sent me to an exercise physiologist and the exercise physiologist gave me this program. Or I read a book or I saw it in a magazine or I went to the gym or I got a personal trainer. And how do we know that that program is safe effective and fast. Now, if you are an exercise person, you might say, well, I've tried it before and it worked for me. But do we really know that it's safe and effective and fast? And there's a really important question here. Is this the best way for me to get fit and strong and healthy? What is the best way to get healthy, fit and strong? And that is a really important question because I don't want to waste people's time. I don't want to injure them, and I certainly want to give them something that's going to work for them short-term and long-term. How about you? So what I'm asking is a very personal request, that if you are giving out information about exercise, so that would put you into the exercise professional, personal trainer, gym instructor, yoga instructor, Pilates instructor, dance instructor, any of those, that group of people, if you are looking for a great exercise program to get you healthy, fit and strong, do you have the right to ask some of these questions of those people? So if you are involved in giving out information about exercise, have you considered these questions? And if you are looking for a great program to make sure that you stay fit and strong and healthy and lean and do all the things that you want to do for the rest of your life, here are some, some questions to consider. So number one is the exercise that I choose, will it make me fit? And whatever you're doing, if you're not puffing, if you're not overloading your heart and lungs, what reason do they have to be fit? If you're not forcing your body to do something, is it possible that it just won't do it? So you could do hours and hours of something, but if you're not getting puffed, it's not effective. It's not going to be fast, especially if you're doing hours and hours. But you have to overload your heart and lungs, your endocrine system, your central nervous system, to force them to get fit. So there's a really important question. If you want the benefits of being a fit human being, are you getting puffed? Is this the program that's forcing your heart and lungs to get puffed? Next question. If you're not strong, so your muscles are wasting away, your bones are wasting away, you're, you're, you can't do the things that you want to do because your body's weak, you can't be fit. Would that be fair? Uh, because I can't get puffed by skipping, jumping, running, biking, dancing, martial arts. doesn't matter what I do to get puffed. My, my heart and lungs don't know what I'm doing as long as they're getting overloaded. But how do I do that if I've got weak muscles and bones? So if my program is not making me stronger, 
So, and how do I know that I'm getting stronger? I have to be able to overload my muscles. And when my muscles get overloaded, when I come back to do it again, I should be able to overload them more, which means I should be able to lift heavier, whether that's a dumbbell or a barbell or a rock or a child or a bag of books. It doesn't matter as long as I'm lifting heavier than last time because I have to overload my muscles and bones to force them to get stronger. So if I'm not getting puffed and I'm not lifting heavier, then I'm not getting fitter and I'm not getting stronger. So what's the point of my exercise program? Because a lot of people think if I'm, if I'm going out for a long time, so if I spend a lot of time exercising and I do a lot of exercises, that must give me a result. Well, could that be where a waste of time comes in? And one of the things that we can never give people back is their time. If we waste their time, they can never get it back. So it's one of the questions I'm asking very personally. Please consider whatever you're giving somebody to do, is this the fastest way to do it? Is it the quickest way? Will it give them results in a short period of time, not take a long time? So there's those two questions. Is the, whatever you're doing getting you puffed and is it making you stronger? Are you overloading your muscles and bones? Then if I'm, this is a really hard question for me to ask because there's so many exercise programs. But if you analyse whatever exercise you give somebody, is it the best exercise to get fit and get strong? Because there's a lot of exercises that combine the two together. So this exercise will get you fit and get you strong at the same time. Well, is it possible that that's a split focus? Because to get fit, I've got to go as hard as I can with my heart and lungs. To get strong, I've got to lift as heavy as I can with my muscles and bones. But a lot of exercise programs combine the two. So I'm not lifting as heavy as I can because I'm limited by how fast I'm moving. It would be unsafe to do that exercise with a heavy weight because I either couldn't do it or I would hurt myself because I'm doing it too fast. If I'm trying to get puffed but I've got a heavy weight in my hand or I'm holding something heavy, I can't go as hard as I would like to. So I'm compromising both. So what I'm asking very personally is please analyse, is this the quickest, best, most effective, safest way to get me, this person, whoever you are giving advice to, to get fit and get strong? Because they're the two things. If I get really fit and if I get really strong, then the rest of my life will be different. I'll have a healthy brain, healthy muscles and bones, strong muscles and bones, healthy heart, healthy um, a healthy cardiovascular and respiratory system, strong immune system, strong digestive system that works effectively. They're all the things that happen when we're fit and strong. So why would we compromise the, the process of getting fit and strong? Why would we give something to somebody that is either ineffective, unsafe, or there's a better way to do it? So could we please analyze what I'm giving somebody? Is this the safest, quickest, best way to get them fit? And is this the safest, quickest, best way, most effective way to get them strong? And if they're fit and strong, what will then happen? Then the really interesting connection that seems people don't seem to consider is that the firing mechanism for getting fit and getting strong is the central nervous system and the hormonal system, the endocrine system, that those two work together to fire up the body. Now, that nobody really, well, nobody argues with that. So here's a really important question if you are a coach, an exercise professional, you're delivering information about exercise, or if you want to get fit and strong, what fires up the central nervous system and the hormonal system most effectively? Is it long, slow, boring exercise? Is it breaking the body up into little pieces? Or is it using the body as one effective high-performance machine? 
Now, the, there's a really interesting thing to consider there because if I use lots of muscles at once and all my joints at one time and I'm working as hard as I possibly can, now I've got a massive firing of the endocrine and the central nervous system. As soon as I start breaking the body into little pieces, I dismantle that amazing process which says if I work at 100% effort, if I work with as many muscles and bones, ligaments, tendons and joints at the same time, that requires a massive firing of the central nervous system and the endocrine system. And when those two are firing, so that's epinephrine, adrenaline and cortisol, dopamine, serotonin, brain-derived neurotropic factor, all of the things that make us feel good and make our brain work effectively, every time I break an exercise down into smaller and smaller pieces, I diminish the effect of the endocrine system and the central nervous system. So if I do a big exercise, I have to use everything. I get a big result from that exercise because I'm firing up the central nervous system and the endocrine system. If I do a little exercise and the littler the exercise gets, the less effect I get from the hormonal system and the central nervous system, which means the less effect I get from my brain. And one of the challenges, of course, if we want to inspire people to exercise is they get bored with it because they don't get results quickly. They get bored with it because it doesn't change their brain. Would that be a fair question? If, I, if I'm addicted to my exercise program because my brain is addicted to dopamine, serotonin, brain-derived neurotropic factor and endorphins, that's what addicts us to all things, whether it's alcohol or drugs or food or gambling. But we can get addicted to exercise if we love it. But that process has to produce those chemicals. And if I'm doing little exercises, I don't produce those major change of brain neurotransmitting chemicals that happen when I work at 100% effort. So every time I take, take my body away from 100% effort, so if I put in 90, 80, 50, 30, if I do low intense exercise, if I do lots of exercise, if I do things for it that take a long time, I'm diminishing the effect of the central nervous system and the endocrine system. And my question for you is why would you want to do that? What's really exciting about that, if I want to have a safe, effective and fast exercise program, the fastest is the phosphate system, which is a 10-second effort, which is 100% effort. That's the fight and flight system to keep the human body alive. The human body is designed to stay alive, and all of those chemicals, the neurotransmitting happy chemicals and fight and flight chemicals are all produced when we put in 100% effort. But when you put in 100% effort into anything, you can't go for longer than 10 seconds. That's the phosphate system. And I'll, I will ask a very now very personal question. If you are an exercise professional, a personal exercise coach, if you are a coach of any sport, do you know your anatomy and physiology? Do you know how the endocrine system works, how the central nervous system and the endocrine system fire up together to get the muscles and bones to work, to get the heart and lungs to work, to get the immune system working, the digestive system? Do we understand how that works? Because if we don't, is it possible that we're listening to gurus, experts, social media influencers, coaches, uh, and it might be that you're a coach now, but you're listening to, you're doing what your coach taught you. You might be an athlete and, and your coach has told you to do something and you believe them. And I'm not asking you not to believe them. What I'm really begging is that could, could it be the most effective thing to do for your human body that you have to live in for the rest of your life? Could the best gift that you could give yourself to get that fit, strong body be to learn how that fit, strong body works? 
And if you don't know how the phosphate system works, you don't know what happens in the lactate system, if you don't know how we work aerobically, is it possible that the exercise programs that we give people will be ineffective, unsafe and slow? And if you give somebody a program, even if it's a gift, if you give them a personal training package for a whole year, but the, the exercise program is unsafe, it doesn't work and it's really slow, is it possible that could be the worst gift that you give somebody because it just won't work? They don't want to do it and worse is that they'll get injured. And that's the one I'm really asking you to consider. If you give somebody an exercise program that puts shearing forces through their joint at momentum, at speed, with weight, you will hurt their joint. It might not be today, it might not be next week, it might not even be next year. But sometime in the future, if you keep doing this to a joint, wearing the joint away at speed, with momentum, with weight, or any of those, is it possible that joint will get broken? And the answer is yes. And I can't do that. To me, that's being irresponsible. That's like... Uh, suggesting that we put a new pair of tyres on your car and then you do burnouts on them every day and wonder why the tyre wears out really quickly. It might not wear out today and it might not wear out tomorrow. But if you keep doing burnouts in your tyres on your car, you will wear out the tyre. And if you've got a worn-out joint, is it possible it's more likely to get injured? So, So I'm going to run through those questions. Please consider them. How do I get somebody really fit? They've got to overload their heart and lungs. They've got to get puffed. Would that be fair? To get strong, I've got to overload every muscle, ligament, tendon, joint in my body so that my whole body's strong. That comes from overload. So the proof of that is I can lift heavier. That's proving that I'm overloading. I'm putting pressure on all of those things. If something's taking a long time, if it, do, if it gives me a slow result, if the program I'm doing takes a long time, and if I'm not working at 100% effort, is it possible that I'm going to get less than 100% result? If I break the body down into little pieces, so anything where I'm doing one limb at a time, uh, I'm putting shearing forces across my joint. If I'm doing a movement that puts shearing forces through my shoulder, through my lower back, leg extensions and leg curls, putting shearing forces across my knee, and I'll just use that as a simple example. When in our life would we ever ask somebody to put a weight at the end of a long lever and pull our patella against our femur and grind it with a weight at the end of a long lever. I'm just asking that as a simple question because that's not Rowie's talking, uh, she doesn't believe in leg extensions. When you analyse that exercise, is it safe? Is it effective? Does it work? I have, to, I have to really consider whether or not that's a good exercise because is there a better exercise? And that's the question I'm always going to ask. I'm coming at you from a lady who started her exercise life on the floor. I was doing sit-ups and crunches and side leg raises and donkey kicks and all the stuff that that is a tiny little exercise that doesn't use up very much energy, doesn't fire up the endocrine system and the central nervous system very much, doesn't burn fat, it doesn't work. And so for three, the first three years of my exercising life from 10 years of age till 13, Nothing happened. I literally was exercising for an hour every day and nothing happened because I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't forcing my body to change. When I got into the upright position, that's a very, again, a very important question. How does the human body function best? Is it lying down, sitting down, kneeling down or standing up? Everything we do, every muscle in our body is designed for us to be in the upright position 
or sleeping. <laughs> and when we're sleeping, we don't need too much muscle activity. So when we're in the upright position, that's when everything works most effectively, including the brain, the heart and lungs circulate more effectively. When I'm in the seated position, I take out the biggest muscles in my body. My legs are the, the biggest uh, endocrine and metabolic uh, uh, engine in my body. They're the biggest muscles in my body. And when I sit down, I'm not, do, I'm not using them. So if an exercise puts me in a seated position, if it puts me on the floor, it's great to be on the floor when you're sleeping, but we don't, do, we don't need any energy on the floor. Our body is completely relaxed on the floor because the floor or the bed or the lying down thing is supporting our body. So what's the point of an exercise on the floor? What's the point of an exercise in the kneeling position? Because we don't do anything in the kneeling position. What's the point of an exercise in the seated position? The human body doesn't function well in the seated position. So why are, we, why are we not always exercising in the upright position? And there's lots of argument for you, you need to do this and stabilization and, and uh, isolation, of exercise, uh, isolation of muscles for exercises. Great question. When does the human body ever work in isolation? When do we ever use just one muscle at a time or even two muscles at a time? Everything that creates a firing up of the endocrine system and the central nervous system a major firing means all the muscles, all the bones, all the ligaments, all the tendons, all the joints, and a big, uh, healthy, happy brain. You can tell I'm really passionate about this because I've wasted years of my life doing stupid exercises that didn't work, took a long time, and hurt my joints. I then took that information, regurgitated from other people, from other experts, and I'm really careful with that word because... As I always share, the experts disagree on everything. Two endocrinologists will argue with each other about the hormonal system. Two cardiac experts will argue about the heart. Two orthopedic surgeons will argue about the skeletal system. Two exercise physiologists will argue about the, the muscular system. Uh, Dietitian experts and, and doctors of dietetics and nutrition will argue about the digestive system. They always argue the experts. But what they never argue about, and this is where I had to come to, the point of my career, and this is what I'm asking for you, if you want to be fit and strong for the rest of your life, if you want to give your own body that gift, and if you want to give the people in your life that gift, the experts don't argue anatomy. There's nothing to argue about. They very rarely argue physiology. The application of the physiology often argued. So how often should I exercise? How many exercises should I do? What are the best exercises? They argue that all the time. But if you know your anatomy and you know your physiology and you are prepared to question everything, is it possible that you could learn for yourself what is a safe and unsafe exercise? What's an exercise that's going to take a long time to get a result and what's an exercise that's going to give you a fast result? Will this exercise work based on the phosphate system, the aerobic system, the sorry, the phosphate, lactate and aerobic system, based on the endocrine and hormonal system, based on the skeletal and muscular system? If I analyze that exercise for myself, will it work? And now I'm going to be very controversial because there's lots of exercise. And I'll just give you a couple of examples. There are boot camps that have apparently been designed by the Defence Force. You can do a, a gym program. If you're as old as I am, most gym programs were created by bodybuilders in the 40s, 50s and 60s and nothing much has changed since then. Do we need to analyse, are those exercises safe or unsafe? Are they fast or slow? Are they effective or ineffective? 
there are now lots of different brands of exercise. So Joseph Pilates was a person. Les Mills was a person or is a person. Uh, yoga is a series of opinions about exercise, and there's lots of different yoga experts that disagree. It uh, doesn't matter which exercise program you choose, it came from somewhere. Uh, is it possible that it came from somebody's opinion based on their life experience, based on what they know. And that's awesome. You might love that program. But all I'm asking, please, if you're going to deliver information about any exercise program or recommend any exercise program or give exercise as a gift to anybody, would it be a really good idea to give yourself the gift of learning how the human body works so that you can work out for yourself whether that exercise is safe whether it's effective and whether it's going to work fast or slow because they're the, they're the challenges with people sticking to an exercise program. And you might not get this because you might, like me, you might love exercise and you exercise every day and you never miss and you just love it. But here's the challenge. Is it possible that if you look now at the, the world, the organisations in the world that measure physical activi activity and they measure health, so what's happened to resting heart rates? What's happened to blood pressures? What's happened to blood sugar levels? What's happened to cholesterol levels? What's happened to disease levels? What's happened to cardiovascular disease, coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, sarcopenia, depression, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, cancer, all of the things that, that are created by inactivity? What's happened to those levels? All of those diseases are now what people call a pandemic, and I'm sure you've heard that word a lot lately. They are out of control. They are, they are in every country, and we don't. most medical professionals don't know what to do about it. There's medications that have side effects and perhaps work or don't work, and nobody really knows because the experts disagree. But what we do know is that if you're really fit, and if you're really strong, you will have a headspace that works, so less chance of ever being depressed or having anxiety or needing to have an antidepressant. If you're fit and strong, you'll have better self-esteem and self-confidence. If you're fit and strong, your digestive system will work more effectively, so you get food in and out of your body really quickly, including toxins and germs and bugs and viruses because they go in and come out really quickly because your immune system's strong. So if you eat something via your digestive system that's going to make you sick, you poo and throw up really quickly because your immune system's really strong. Every disease, everything that, that goes wrong with the human body, brain and body, if you're fit and strong, you will handle it better, you'll get over it quicker, or you might not get it at all. And there's, there's an argument to say that you are at a very low risk of the big killer diseases, coronary heart disease, type 2 diabetes, osteoporosis, depression, obesity, cardiovascular disease, stroke, cancer. At least 80% of those, according to them, and the medical professionals don't disagree on this, at least 80% of those are preventable and or curable by being fit and strong. And I didn't say exercise. When you get fit and when you get strong, you'll have a much better life in every area of your life. But how do we get fit and strong? And that's our responsibility, isn't it? As an exercise professional, as a personal exercise coach, you might call yourself a personal trainer, you might be a sporting coach. But if we want to get people fit and get people strong, should we know how to do that? Not just listen to other people's opinion, not just listen to other people's advice. Should we be able to analyse an exercise for ourselves? 
whether it's yoga or Pilates or boot camps or Les Mills or F45 or personal training or lying on the ground lifting your leg up or kicking your leg out to the back? Should we be able to analyze each one of those programs and say, is it safe? Is it effective? Is it fast? Will it work? And if we give somebody the gift of being fit and strong, not the gift of exercise, because I'm very, very careful about that word now, I don't think that exercise as we've been giving it works. And the reason I can share that, I've been doing this for 40 years, and for most people, that's older than you've been alive. But for 40 years of my life, my driving force has been, how do I get people fit and how do I get people strong? And in that period of time, the world has gotten fatter and sicker and more diseased and more depressed and more anxious. And just the human body is just getting very unhealthy very fast. And yet as an exercise professional, I believe I have the answer. You have the answer. Get people fit, get people strong and all of those challenges. If they don't go away, they'll be much, much less. What do we want for our kids? Do we want our kids to have a, a, a long, slow, boring, unsafe, ineffective way to get fit and strong? I hope your answer is no, and I can only hope. So whatever advice you're giving people about exercise, would it be a, it's a very personal and perhaps confronting question. Do you know how the human body works or are you just regurgitating other people's opinions or advice? Whatever, whatever exercise program it, it is, whatever exercise program you believe in or you're convicted by, please could you consider going back and analysing each movement in that exercise program and asking, is it safe? Because if I'm injured, I can't do it. Is it effective? It might, if, even if it is effective, if it takes a long time, is it possible that people won't do it? So safe, effective and fast. And what's the fastest way I can get people fit and strong? What's the least amount of exercise? What's the tiniest amount of exercise that people can do to get fit and strong so that they, can, they can't use timers as an excuse? 90 to 95% of people in the world don't have an exercise program that's going to keep them fit and strong for the, for the rest of their lives. But exercise is supposed to be the mechanism for getting fit and strong. So obviously it isn't working. What do we need to do to get people fit and get people strong? And could it be as simple as let's get puffed, let's overload your muscles and bones, and let's do it safely and fast so that you don't get injured and it actually works? So that we could sing every day, not just Christmas. I wish you a happy, healthy, fit, strong body. I wish you a happy, healthy, fit, strong body. But I don't have to wish anymore because you've got one. A healthy, fit, strong body for the rest of your life. Wouldn't that be bloody awesome? Woo!